Good evening, everybody. Welcome back to Imperfectly Perfect Live. I am Trainee Sharp. I am your host for the evening. As always, it is a pleasure to be back before you guys yet another week. And I'm excited about the series. I'm excited about everything that God is doing throughout this platform. I pray that God has been doing some great things in your lives and that um, this series and just this platform has been a blessing to you and that you continue to support it. I'm grateful for those that support the podcast and that'll be a blessing because if it wasn't for you guys, if it wasn't um, for the need that you have, um, God wouldn't have chose me for such a platform as this. So I'm excited about getting into um, tonight's word and I believe that it's an on-time word. So let's get into it. Let's um, say a word of prayer. Welcome to um, all of those that are watching on Facebook here and on Instagram and also the listeners that will be listening on our podcast channels such as Google Podcasts, Spotify, Anchor, and Apple Podcasts and more. So thank you guys again for tuning in. Let's say a word of prayer and we can get into some review in tonight's um, topic for the evening. So dear God, we just thank you, Father, for your presence, Holy Spirit. God, we just invite you here that Father God should just have your way. Holy Spirit, take control. God, I thank you, God, for this platform for Imperfectly Perfect. I thank you, Holy Spirit, for choosing me as your humble vessel, God, to be before your children, God, to speak, the Father, God, to teach, the Father, God, and whatever it is that you desire for me to do, encourage, uplift, that God, your children. God, I thank you, Father, God, that those that are that be tuning in, God, this will be just for them. It's not about numbers, God. It's not about that God likes, Father. But it's all about you getting the glory, about you getting all the honor and the praise. Father God, I thank you, God, that everything, God, will flow the way it needs to flow. I come against, God, any distractions. I come against, God, any technical difficulties right now in the name of Jesus. Father God, any hindering spirit that tries to, God, to get in between your, you having your way, God, I thank you, Holy Spirit, that you would take control and that it, all those spirits are cast into the pit of hell from which it came. So, God, I just thank you. I honor you today. God, I thank you, Father, that somebody would be set free, somebody would be saved and delivered. God, because that's what it's all about, that your perfect will be done. In Jesus' name, I pray. Amen. All right, guys, those that are tuning in on Instagram and on Facebook, welcome, welcome, welcome. Um, so let's get into some review. For those of you that are just tuning into this platform, we have been on the God's Love Languages series for a little over a month now. And God placed it on my heart just to do the series because for those of you that don't know about love languages, uh, Gary Chapman is the author of Five Love Languages. And just to briefly cover what those love languages are, five love languages are quality time, that's number one. Number two, touch. Number three, words of affirmation. Number four, acts of service. And number five, it is receiving of gifts or in short terms, gifts. So those are the five love languages that um, Gary Chapman wrote about. And these are gifts that you would like to receive and give as well. So God placed it on my heart to do this series specifically because God is the creator of all things. So he gave this information to Gary Chapman. And he's saying to us that he has been doing this for us. He gives us all five love languages. Those are all on the top of his list, right? And so what God is wanting for us to do is to actually return return the same love that he gives to us. We will never be able to match God, but we need to have the heart to strive, to strive to give God what he gives us, to strive to give God what he gives us. And so that's what he's saying to us to do those things. So 
Um, he gave me the series to just to shed more light on what his languages are and so that we know how to reciprocate their love to him. And so we have already covered, we've already covered quality time. We covered um, touch and that type particular uh, title was just one touch. We also covered, we finished off words of affirmation last week. We'll go over a quick review of that in a moment. And then um, tonight we're going to be starting we're going to be starting um, the receiving gifts, receiving gifts, um, love language. So let's talk about love. Love. What does love mean? It is unselfish, loyal, and benevolent, characterized by or expressing goodwill or kindly feelings, concern for the good of another. So that is God is love. God is love. And it says it in his word that God is love, that without God, we wouldn't know how to love. Without God, we wouldn't um, even have the desires to love. So when God talks about love languages, he is love. So he's the creator of it all. And without, without God, love does not exist. Without love, love does not exist. I mean, without God, love does not exist. So we have to understand that, that um, God is, is love. Language. What does language mean? Communication of meaning in any way is a medium that is expressive, significant. So love, when we're talking about love, how are we expressing? How are we communicating our love to others? How are we communing? How are we communicating our love to God? How is God communicating his love to us? Right? Because it's reciprocated. It's a give and love, it's a give and take relationship. But the reason why God places on my heart is because he's been doing a lot of the giving and we've been doing a lot of the taking and it hasn't been both ways. God's been doing this part, but have we been doing our part? So our last, the last time we met last week, we were on the subtopic of um, words of affirmation, words of affirmation. And briefly, just to cover this, affirm is to mean to validate or confirm, to validate or confirm. So when you talk about words of affirmation, you talk about ways of validate that God validates us, ways that God validates us. And in return, God wants us to uh, confirm or validate him, to show support, to show approval of him, right? And so we furthermore, we went down and we started talking about, we went over ways of how God um, affirms us. And I can't get into that because there's a podcast for that. So if you want to see that, you can follow I Am Perfectly Perfect Incorporated and see that particular podcast. However, God laid on my heart to talk about how do we affirm him? How do we affirm God? Four different things that, no, three different things, excuse me, that, excuse me, that I covered last week was um, number one, say who God is in prayer in order to validate, in order to show our approval of God and show that we are in agreement with God, we need to say who he, who he is in prayer. So, so you need to be specific in your prayer. Start talking about how God is a provider, how God is a healer. Start claiming those things because he is. A lot of times we ask God, can you heal me? But instead of us saying, God, can you heal me? Say, Lord, I thank you for being a healer. Why? Because he already said by Jesus stripes, we are already healed. So it's already done. So there's no need for us to say, Lord, can you heal me? Because God said, I already am a healer. So you don't need to ask me for that. You just need to say who I am. Say who I am. And then after that, be specific in your request to God. 
Be specific in your request to God. So whatever you're asking God for, don't just ask for a job. No, ask specifically where you want to work. Ask specifically the the a salary that you want to make. Ask specifically what you are what you want to receive from God because God places the desires on our heart because His desires are our desires because He's given us what to desire. So be specific in your request to God. And then lastly, number three. We talked about thank God for answering your prayer in advance. So after you say who God is in prayer, after you make your specific request known to God, then number three, you're going to thank God for answering your prayer in advance. Because life and death are in the power of the tongue. So we're thanking God, like, Lord, because when I illustrated last week is that to trust God, to trust God is to say, Lord, I thank you for things that you have already done in my life. But to have faith, faith is the substance of things hoped for and the evidence of things not seen, right? So when we are thanking God, we are activating our faith. We're saying, Lord, I know it has not been manifested yet. I know that it's not here in the flesh yet. But Lord, I thank you for it in advance because I know that you are already a healer. I know that you are already my provider. I already know that, Father God, that you are the Father God, the one that created all things. And when you spoke, it already it already is here. But it's just a matter of timing your timing, Father, that it will come to pass. So God, I thank you, God, that it's already done because God is just a matter of time for it will be revealed. So we have to have that sense of authority and and the way we walk, the way we talk about ourselves to be confident in who God is and be confident in who we are in him. So those were the three things that I, that I really covered. I covered a little bit more, but that's, you know, enough to give you a quick review so that we can move forward with tonight's topic. And that is God's love languages, receiving gifts, receiving gifts. And I was reading um, just a little excerpt about receiving gifts um, from Gary Chapman's book. And Love receiving gifts is not really a top on people's list or doesn't get a um what's the word I'm looking for? It doesn't get a it doesn't have a great reputation. Um I'm trying to think, is that the right word I'm looking for? Uh reputate. Oh my god, I'm saying it wrong. Um oh my lord, what is the word? Reputation. There we go. Reputation. R-E-P-U-T-A-T-I-O-N. Yes, there we go. (laughs) It doesn't get get a great reputation. And mainly because when you think about love, people... People don't really think about gifts because it's like seeming, seeming like you are obligated to give it. You like you're obligated to give it. And what I read for, um, receiving gifts from Gary Chapman. He said, don't make, don't mistake this love language for materialism. So he already made this disclaimer. He said, the receiver of gifts thrives on the love, thoughtfulness, and effort behind the gift. So it's not about materialistic things, right? It's not about that. It's not about exactly uh, what they receive tangibly. It's about the thought the thought behind the gift, the thought about, okay, you remember that when I brought up the fact that for me, I'm an Eagles fan. So 
the fact that she remembered that I'm an Eagles fan and that, that, you know, my favorite player is, you know, Brian Westbrook, number 36, (laughs) no longer playing, retired. However, he is my favorite player. And the fact that if you were listening in conversation while we were talking and the fact that you remember that, and if you got something that exemplifies that, it's the thought behind it. Something that, you know, because giving gifts, anybody can just give, you know, money, right? And I've, and I've always been a person that is like, uh, I don't really like giving money. Why? Because I'm just like, uh, it's no thought that comes behind it. I just always, I always, it's still kind of, you know, believe that uh, to a certain extent that when you give money, it's no thought. Like anybody can just go to the ATM and be like, all right, let me just get out $20 and you'll put it in a card. But what God had to show me is that, yes, to me, to me, money is just like, okay, not, listen, I'm not going to say I'm not going to receive money. Let's, let's make that clear. Okay. Money. Yes. I'll receive all of it, especially now that I'm saving money. (laughs) However, God was just revealing to me that some people, what if they're, that person is in need and maybe they, they, um, don't want to actually say it out of their mouth that they actually need the money. So the fact that you were praying or you were in the spirit and, and God laid, placed their name on your heart to give them money, that is a love language to them. A love language, why specifically from God? Because God, even though they didn't say it out of their mouth to somebody, but God knows what they needed, right? So the way God showed his love to them in that moment is to give them, give them what they need. To express his love by giving the gift of a monetary gift. So no money is not, is not about the monetary and it's not really about the materialism part, but it's about what goes behind it. And also Gary Chapman says, if you speak this language, the perfect gift or gesture shows that you are known, you are cared for, and you are prized above whatever was sacrificed to bring the gift to you. A missed birthday, anniversary, or a hasty, thoughtless gift would be disastrous. So with the absence of everyday gestures, gifts are visual representations of love and are treasured greatly. So the people that in the natural, those that, you know, the uh, receiving gifts is their top love language. Because, you know, when you take the survey, um, they rate, they rate your love languages and which is at the top based on the series of questions that you answered. And so those people, they really cherish those things so that if you miss their birthday, they're just like, they're upset. And I, and the thing about it, as much as like, I receiving gifts is not my number one, but I think that the more, when you get older and the more you develop and the more you grow, your love languages will change. So in one season, your top one might've been a quality time. And another season, your top one might be receiving gifts. So I think that I'm learning that receiving gifts is probably maybe number three up there because yeah, birthdays are a big thing to me. Why? Because I make it a big thing for people. So when it comes to me, I'm just okay. I made a big deal for you, so I'm expecting it to be a big deal for me. But I cherish, I cherish the, um, the priceless gifts. 
the ones that had a thought behind it that you really know me. Like in order to give me something that I cherish, you would have to really know me, right? So just thinking, keeping that in mind when it comes to receiving gifts. I want to now, I want to break down, um, break down the words receive and gift. So receive. To receive is to be given, presented with, or paid. Or you paid something. <laughs> Listen, looking at the comments. Okay. <laughs> All right. So receive, be given, presented with, or paid. And as we get more into it, I was just like, wow, I love looking up definitions just to get a better understanding of words. Another definition for receive is suffer, experience, or be subject to specified treatment. So you either suffered, you experienced it, or you're subject to the matter. Hmm. Keep that in mind. Put that in your head. Gift. What does gift mean? A thing given willingly to someone without payment. Given to someone without payment. That is really going to be the kicker as we um, get into our subtopics for the evening. The other definition of gift is a special ability or capacity, natural endowment or talent. So just putting this out there that this is going to be a the receiving gifts. It might be two or three, you know, podcasts because tonight we're talking about receiving the gifts. And that's really focusing more on things that we receive without payment. Right. But next time we're going to talk about the gifts that we naturally have, the gifts that God has placed inside of us. Those talents, those gifts that God's placed inside of us. So that's just, you know, a little commercial about what's, what's the looks ahead, right? So we're talking about a thing given willingly to someone without payment. So what has, what gifts, what gifts, gifts has God given us? What gifts has God given us? What gifts has God, and let me put this uh, topic down here. I'm at the bottom so you guys can, um, those that are tuning in later, be able to see what we're talking about. All right. So what gifts has God given us? Number one, life. Let's talk about it. We can't even talk about gifts without talking about the fact that we have life. And life is so precious. Life is so precious, and I feel like, and I believe, let's not even say feel like, I believe that we take life for granted. We take life for granted, and we know, ah, brother, (laughs) hey, bro, (laughs) I cannot, Um, but yes, we take life for granted, and We've seen that in this pandemic, right? Something such as the coronavirus that that massively affected our country, our not even just this country, but the world and 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 all, right? And something that just came like a whirlwind. 
we are a year and a, a couple of months, well, a few months from going back into what it called like regular life. However, just last year, our world was changed and will never be the same. As much as we're trying to get back into uh, uh, life as it was before, it will never be the same. And we took for granted because especially Americans, I can't really speak for other national or other um, countries because I'm an American. I'm black. Yes, proud to be black. Amen. Um, but I'm an American. I was born in the United States of America. So I'm going to speak from that perspective. However, as Americans, we have really taken advantage of life. We've taken advantage and we're very spoiled about the things that we have here on earth. We're very spoiled in what we have as far as money, as far as life, as far as technology, as far as just our overall culture as a whole. And when coronavirus came, it hit us like a whirlwind. It was taking out our loved ones. It was, it was affecting our health. It was affecting our money because a lot of us lost jobs. So those that were maybe at the top tier, God is shifting this because I wasn't going this way. But those those that were at, at the top tier. And then, you know, because maybe their job was no longer in demand. Now they, they're at, at the bottom, starting back at the bottom. In the unemployment office like everybody else. And it, it caused us to have to really do a heart check on ourselves to see where our heart was at because those people that were up there, they could have had a selfish heart thinking that they were untouchable, thinking that they were irreplaceable. Oh, I got this and I got the cars and I got the houses and I got, you know, I got the perfect life and all of that. Coronavirus came in and was like, mm-hmm. all right, I'm taking that and I'm taking this and I'm taking that. And then God allowed it. God did not cause it, but God allowed it. Why? Because he needed us to get to get into a place to be humble, to remember who gave us this life, to remember who provided for us, to remember who he is in our lives. So let's go to Genesis. Genesis chapter, chapter 2, verses 4 through 7 in the Amplified Version. And it reads, This is the history of the origin of the heavens and of the earth when they were created. And the day that is days of creation that the Lord God made the earth and the heavens. No shrub or plant of the field was yet in the earth. And no herb of the field had yet sprouted for the Lord God had not caused it to rain on the earth. And there was no man to cultivate the ground, but a mist, fog, dew, vapor, used to rise from the land and water the entire surface of the ground. Then the Lord God formed, that is, created the body of man from the dust of the ground and breathed into his nostrils the breath of life. And the man became a living being, an individual complete in body and spirit. So as we see here, what I love is that when it says, because you're going to have these people like, oh, well, he didn't breathe life into me. That was Adam. Ah, ah, ah. 
that's why I got this definition right here for you because when he says formed man from the dust of the ground, the human dictionary, I mean the human dictionary, the dictionary tells us that man and the noun for man is a human race. Male is talking about specific gender. Man is talking about human race. So when God said, then the Lord God formed man from the dust of the ground. When he formed Adam, that was the beginning of all human race. When God formed Adam, that was the beginning of all human race. And when God formed, after God formed him, he breathed life into him. So when God breathed life into his nostrils, he breathed life into me. He breathed life into my mom. He breathed life into Courtney. He breathed life into Dr. Ulysses Pratt. He breathed life into Xavier. He breathed life into each and every one of us. Even before, even before we came into manifestation in human flesh. Because the word of God says, I knew you before you, I would before I formed you into your mother's womb, I knew you. How did God know us? Because when he breathed life, whew, and when he breathed life into Adam, he already knew us. He he already had us in thought. That's why when he breathed life into Adam, he thought about the whole human race. He thought about us. Before we were even formed into our mother's womb. That's how powerful God is. This gift that we take for granted, God didn't have to even put us in his thought, but he did. God did not have to put us in his thought, but he did. He did not, he did not um, take a second thought when it came to us. Even though he knew the sins that we were going to commit. And we're going to get into that in a second. Even though he knew the sins that we were going to commit. Even though he knew that if we were going to be a wretched people. Even though he knew that we were going to be taught a season where we we're going to turn our backs on him. God still chose to give us life. That's one of God's gifts that he has given us. My God. Thank you, bro. Thank you so much. To God be the glory. Thank you, Sister Eva, for watching. Thank you for tuning in. So we have to take, not take for granted that when we breathe in, when we breathe out, we take for granted that we can inhale and exhale. We take that for granted. That would not be possible without God. So every day that we wake up, every day that we open up our eyes, we need to be giving God thanks. We need to be giving God the gratitude that he deserves. Because if it wasn't for God, whew, where would we be? When we have seen so many people lose their life, especially in this year alone, every day we wake up. Thank him. Lord, I thank you for waking me up today. Lord, I thank you, God, for breathing your life into me today. Thank you, Father. 
thank you. And if that's all that you give me, guess what? That's enough. I am content with the fact that I have living, your living breath in my body. Because if it wasn't for that, I wouldn't be able to do anything. I wouldn't be able to go on. My God. Number two. So we're talking about what gifts has God given us. Number two, salvation, salvation, my God. We, this is something else that we take for granted. And there are so many people that have been introduced to God, have been introduced to his only begotten son, Jesus Christ, and have ignored the call, have been convinced by the enemy that other gods are better than the true and living God, that Muhammad, that Allah is, you know, better than God, and that they don't need Jesus because the one thing that Christianity or being a believer is different from other religions is Jesus Christ. Because every every other religion believes that there's a higher being or believe in God or believe that it's a higher power, right? And a lot of, oh, thank you, Holy Spirit, have your way. And a lot of those other religions believe that if you, if you, um, do a certain amount of acts of service. We're going to get into that later in the series. Get a, do a certain amount of acts of service. If you do a certain amount of things, if you pray, pray a certain amount of prayers, that you'll get into heaven. Or you'll, some others believe in the afterlife, right? Salvation says that there's nothing that you could do to deserve or is nothing that's oh my is nothing that you could do to earn salvation. We don't earn. It's nothing that we could have ever done because we are simple by nature. But Jesus Christ sacrificed his life. He shed his blood. So that we can have life, have eternal life. God sent his only son. So whereas other religions says, oh, I have to do this, I have to do that, I have to do this and a third in order to get to heaven. Whereas salvation says, it's nothing you can do to earn it. But you have to accept Jesus Christ is your Lord and Savior, the one who died, the one who shed his blood, the one who died for the redemption of our sins. That's what salvation says. Let's go to John 3, verse 16 through 17. John 3, 16 through 17, the Amplified Version, it says, For God so greatly loved and dearly prized the world that he even gave his one and only begotten son so that whoever believes and trusts in him 
as Savior shall not perish, but have eternal life. For God did not send the Son into the world to judge and condemn the world, that is to initiate the final judgment of the world, but that the world might be saved through him. So that means that everyone, God sent his only son for the world. Nobody is exempt. Not because of their race, not because of their um, their class, not because of the, um, the money they make, not because of the education that they have, not because of any of that, not because of their height, not because of their weight, not because of any of that. God sent his only son to die for the sins of the world. The sins of the world. And that whoever chooses to accept it, accept him as Lord and Savior, shall be saved. Shall be saved. What kind of gift is that? We All you have to do is a free gift. It's free. You couldn't earn it. You couldn't pay for it. Why? Thank you, Holy Spirit. In my notes, God would say, Jesus paid the price for our sins so that we wouldn't. Jesus paid the price for our sins so that we wouldn't have to. And it was no way that we could even, thank you, Holy Spirit, there's no way that we can even pay the price for our sins. Why? Because in order to pay a price, we would have had, and God needed somebody who was pure, pure, somebody who was out blemish. Somebody who was out blemish. Thank you, Holy Spirit. I need to find this scripture. If somebody knows this, um, you can type it on the chat and then I'll uh, post it. Um, but we needed somebody who was out blemish. And why? At least somebody was out blemish because when you shed, when Jesus shed his blood, my God. It was saying that his blood, because blood, ooh, Rabasi, in the Old Testament, they had to use, they had to make a sacrifice. Every time they sinned, they had to make a sacrifice. So they used a lamb. They used a lamb and um, they would shed and they would use the blood of the lamb to be for the redemption of their sins. But Jesus, being pure, he became the lamb of God. He shed his blood because he was out blemish. He was out blemish. My God. And for the sake of time, I'm just going to continue and I'll, I'll probably post that scripture later. However, oh, okay. First Peter 1 verse 9. First Peter 1 verse 9. Let's go there quickly. Thank you, Holy Spirit. 19. 1 Peter 1, 19, excuse me. And let's go up to 18. For you know that you are not redeemed for, from your useless, spiritually unproductive way of life inherited by tradition from your forefathers with perishable things like silver and gold. But you were actually purchased, ooh, thank you, Jesus, with precious blood, like that of a sacrificial lamb, unblemished and spot, spot, spotless, the priceless blood of Christ. Ooh. Verse 20 says, for he was for 
foreordained, foreknown before the foundation of the world, but has appeared publicly in these last times for your sake. And through him, you believe confidently in God, the heavenly father who raised him from the dead and gave him glory so that your faith and hope are centered and rest in God. So if it wasn't for Jesus' precious blood, he became the lamb of God. And that was 1 Peter. 1 Peter chapter 1, verse 18 through 19. 1 Peter chapter 1, verse 18 to 19 in the um, Amplified Version. So we have to understand salvation and the magnitude of it, that we didn't earn it. But in order to receive it, we have to believe it in our heart and we have to confess it with our mouth that Jesus Christ died on the cross for our sins. And we'll get more into detail and to that in a little in a moment. The other gift, another two more gifts that God has given us. Sorry, wait a minute. Oh, okay, I went the wrong part. Okay. The um what gifts has God given us? Number three, grace. Grace. God has given us grace. And the reason why God gave me this in order, life gave us life. He gave us salvation by way of his only son, Jesus Christ. And he gave us grace. Grace is the unmerited or undeserved favor of God. Unmerited or undeserved favor of God. Let's go to Ephesians chapter 2. Ephesians chapter 2, verse 8 through 9. In the Amplified Version, it says, For it is by grace, God's remarkable compassion and favor, drawing you to Christ, that you have been saved, actually delivered from judgment and given eternal life through faith. And this salvation is not of yourselves, not through your own effort, but it is the undeserved, gracious gift of God. Not as a result of your works, come on, Holy Spirit, nor your attempts to keep the law so that no one will be able to boast or take credit in any way for his salvation. My God. So again, it talks about how we didn't deserve it or how we can't do anything for it. Why? Because God wanted to make sure that we didn't have any room to boast or take credit in any way. Our salvation, because us as human, as um, as flesh, we naturally have that in us. Naturally, have that in us to to want to take credit, to want to do things on our own, to wanting to be in control. But God says, "No, I'm not giving that to you. Because if I give that to you, then you won't need me. Then you won't need salvation." So it's nothing that you're going to be able to do because if, if we could do something, oh, thank you, Jesus. If we can do something to get, if we can do something to earn salvation, then we'll be, we'll be bringing, bringing glory back to ourselves. And that's what other people that are in other religions do that. Oh, okay. Well, in Jehovah Witness, they believe that if I do a certain amount of um, acts, if I do a certain amount of things, services, then I'll be able to be part of the 144,000 that it talks about in Re- Revelations. <laughs> and then they're like, oh, okay, well, I did this and that and the third. Oh, oh, I did this. I, I was hustling, so I got this job and I got that job. But God is like, listen, I can strip you of all of that and humble you real quick 
so that you can remember who gave you this gift, who gave you this talent, who gave you who gave you the natural ability to write? Who gave you the natural ability to sing? God did. So we need to not get so full of ourselves that we forget who is the creator of all things. Who is the one who implanted, who imparted, excuse me, and, and put in us those gifts, those talents, gave us those ideas, those things that we dreamed about. That God woke us, up, woke us up at three o'clock in the morning and told us to write down the vision, write the vision and make it plain. Who is the one? God, the true living God. So without God's grace, we will not be here. It's not anything that we deserve. But because of God's unconditional love, he has given us grace, favor. Favor is not fair. Favor is not fair. God chooses. God chooses who he gives who he gives favor to. He does. He chooses who he gives favor to because even as I was doing in my studies, is that God showed favor to Noah. God showed favor to Noah during that time when he was listen. He gave the call to all the people and say, "Listen, you can get right. You can repent for your sins." You can repent for your sins because they were a wretched people. I mean, so are we, but we are saved by the grace of God under, you know, because of the covenant we have Jesus Christ. But during that time, there was, there was no covenant. But God showed Noah favor, grace. He chose Noah and he used Noah as his, as his representation, as his um, vessel to bring light to his people to say, hey, God has given us another chance and God is about to wipe this whole earth out. And so if you want to come on his boat, I mean, that boat was massive, y'all. That boat could fit animals. It could fit uh, a multitude of people. But yet they were so, they, they couldn't phantom the fact that, okay, we haven't received um Oh, thank you, mommy. She said another scripture for blemish through Deuteronomy 17.1. Thank you. Um, but the fact that <laughs> the fact that Noah was chosen by God and he was trying to let these people know that, hey, God has given us another chance and the people did not want to listen. They're like, we haven't got rain in so many years. And they couldn't they couldn't understand it in their human intellect to understand that. If God says it's going to rain, it's going to rain. And the fact that they're like, okay, how is the flood going to come if we haven't even seen even a drop of rain? They were, just, they were experiencing a drought during that time. So God used them. And he not only showed, showed favor on him, but he showed favor on his lineage. He said, pack up your wife and your children and their husbands and wives. Into this, into this boat and then choose male and female of every species of animals. And when the flood came, these people got washed away all because they were not obedient. See, God didn't have to choose Noah, Noah for that, but he did because of his grace. It's not something that Noah did. He loved God, but it's nothing he still could have did to earn that. God chose him. 
and he answered the call. Yeah, he he looked foolish during that time, but God causes us to do some foolish things to, to the natural eye. It looks foolish, but God is like, listen, do you trust me? Do you believe? Do you have faith in what, I, what I'm telling you to do is going to come to pass and is going to be for the betterment of yourself? We have to believe. So God's grace. Number four, mercy. Mercy. So grace, grace is the unmerited or undeserved favor of God. And then mercy is not getting the punishment we do deserve. Is not getting the punishment we deserve. Because how many of us have done some things, some God-awful things? Some of us have may have even done some things that we should have went to jail for. Or maybe maybe you let's let's just go there. Maybe you had sex unprotected, un um, premarital. Well, sorry, un uh, had sex without being married and with no protection, and yet God showed you grace and you no mercy rather. And you did not get pregnant, females out there. That was God's mercy on your life. And some people might feel offended by that, but listen, God has a path for every single person. We can't understand why God, you know, allow certain things to happen to some and, and others to happen to others and to other people. But that is just a sample. That's just um one example of God's mercy, of not getting the punishment it reserved. And just because you didn't get it in um, the punishment, listen, not saying we won't get punishments at all, because we will have to suffer the consequences of our actions. However, God shows us mercy so that we don't get the punishment that we deserve. You may have stolen some things and you didn't go to jail. You didn't get caught. Because God showed mercy on you. He showed his mercy on you. He knows the plans he has for us. So had had we had, um, had you had gone to jail, your, your life might, might have gone a different route. But he showed his mercy. So let's go to Titus 3. Titus chapter three, verse four through seven. And it says, but when the goodness and kindness of our of God, our savior and his love for mankind appeared in human form as the man, Jesus Christ, he saved us, not because of any works of righteousness that we have done, but because of his own compassion and mercy. By the cleansing of the new birth, spiritual transformation, regeneration, and renewing by the Holy Spirit, whom he poured out richly upon us through Jesus Christ, our Savior, so that we would be justified, made free of the guilt of sin by his compassionate, undeserved grace, and that we would be acknowledged as acceptable to him and made heirs of eternal life, actually experiencing it according to our hope, his guarantee. My God. God's mercy. God's mercy. Yes, Lord. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Lord, for your mercy. Thank you for your mercy. When I look back over my life and the things that I've done or even the thoughts that I've had in my mind and the fact that 
I didn't get receive those um, punishments that I know without a shadow of doubt that I deserved. I'm, I'm grateful. And many of us, um, thank you, bro. I appreciate it. Many of us have taken advantage of that. We are quick to forget the past that we have had. We have quick to forget where God has brought us from. And then when we see, we get in front of people and now that we're, you know, a, a different person and all of that and, and we get in front of similar people that have are living the life now that God delivered us from. And when God places those people in your heart to, to talk to them, to speak life to them. Oh, we don't want to be seen around them. We don't want to be touched by them because they maybe God delivered you from being homeless. And now you don't want to be around the homeless because now you're a millionaire and all of that. But no, don't forget where you come from. Don't forget where God has brought you from. Don't forget. I love this movie. Now I can't remember. I'm not good with movie titles, but this movie, and it actually was kind of like, um, God, what is the name of that movie? Eddie Murphy was in it. And I forgot who was other people. But basically, in this uh in this particular movie, Eddie Murphy was the poor person in this particular movie. And then it was two people who were rich. And then in coming to America, they did it, it was kind of like a connection with it, how these two people, they end up being homeless. And then Eddie Murphy was, you know, the rich person. So it, it, it kind of just turned things around because it, it sheds light on that nobody is too high and mighty. Nobody is too, you know, uh, rich to be at a place where you're untouchable, where you're irreplaceable. Because I can tell you, and I'm not going to tell, you know, say this person's name, but when at my last job, last year, huh, yes, thank you, Cammie. Trade in Places. Thank you, sis. Thank you. Trade in Places. Very funny movie. Um, But imagine old job in the hotel. I mean, when I saw that, I was like, wow, God, that was a rude awakening. We had just got a new uh, general manager. And they were only there for a short while. And when the pandemic hit, I mean, so many people was, was, uh, lo were losing their jobs left and right. And how they just... This particular person, the general manager at the time, was just, you know, going and delivering a message and letting people know, hey, unfortunately, we got to let you go and da 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 da, giving all these speeches. And I was one of the people before I got uh, laid off from that particular job. And I saw this man get laid off and not even, not even laid off, fired. So quick to huh, be in a position of laying people off, and then you get fired. So you go from being a, the head honcho in charge to now you in, in, in an unemployment office with us. So this is why we have to have 
a the spirit of humility because you never know where you're going to be. You never know who you're going to need. So to be talking down at people, to be looking um, looking down at people and have your nose um, all up and high in the air, we got to check ourselves. And this pandemic definitely caused uh, us to get a, a rude awakening. A rude awakening. How the tables turn, right? How the tables turn. Now that was just a little commercial there, but we just thinking about the mercy of God. The mercy of God of how we don't get the things that we deserve. The punishment that we deserve. And God, with his grace and his mercy, God has shown us unmerited favor, undeserved favor. And he doesn't give us um, punishments that we deserve because of, of his unconditional love. God's unconditional love. There is no love without God because he is love. My God. So going over those things again, those um, gifts one more time. What gifts has God given us? Number one, again, was life. Number two, salvation. Number three, grace. And number four, mercy. My God. I want to get into this last subtopic for the evening is how do we get into a um, how do we get into a receive, receiving position? One of the things that God has, has said to me this uh, this particular season is that I need to get into a position to receive. Is that I need to get into a position, position to receive. Because the thing is, a lot of times there are things that God wants to do in our lives that promises that he has um, has spoken over our lives and said they will come to pass. But we have not, prepared ourselves to get in the position to receive. A lot of us are so um, prophetic word happy <laughs> that we want a prophetic word. We want a prophetic word. We want a prophetic. Every time a prophet comes, every time the move of God, we want to hear a prophetic word. But yet we have not taken a time out to, to make sure that the last word that we receive has come to pass to make sure that we're taking the necessary steps for the last word that we receive. What are you doing with the word that God has already given you? What are you doing to make sure that you're doing your part? Because we already talked about how when God spoke and created, and I think my brother touched on this a uh, little bit last night on another platform, a nighttime narration, and was saying how when God created, all creation in those six days and he rested on the seventh day God did his part so everything that is happening now everything that happened yesterday everything that will happen a few minutes from now God already spoke it and he said it is so we talked about that a couple of weeks ago how when God spoke life when he used the, his the power of his tongue to speak and it came to pass. And he spoke and not saying when he said come to pass, not saying that, oh, everything is going to happen right then, but he spoke it. Therefore, he said, all right, it is so. But we have to do our part to make sure that we are in agreement. We are in agreement with our with 
what he have already spoken over our lives because there is a season for revealing and there's a no, no re release and there's a season for reveal. So when God spoken and said it is so, that was him releasing it. <laughs> that was him releasing it. But then it's a season where it would actually be revealed, where it would actually be manifested. Pastor Michael Todd from Transformation Church did a series on reveal versus uh, release versus re uh, reveal. I love that. I love it because that opened my eyes. I was like, okay, God, because we, we don't take into account that there are times when, when God releases a word to us, when God uses a man or woman of God to speak life into us and, and tell, tell us what God's promises are, that's the season of release. Letting us know what is going to happen. But we still have to do the necessary work so that that can be revealed. Because if it doesn't come to pass, guess whose fault it is? Ours. Ours. Because God already did his part. And he's waiting for us to be in agreement to activate our faith. So that those things that he already spoke and released in the earth will come to pass. So they would come to pass. Hey, Mama T. Glory to God. Hallelujah. So let's get into it. How did we get into a, a receiving position? Number one, accept Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior. I told you I was going to get back to that. We cannot receive anything from God. Listen. Those people, God, there are certain things that unsafe people are receiving that not receiving certain people, certain things that unsafe people get. Why? Only because of God's unconditional love. Things that he promised Abraham as the father of many nations, and they are um, benefiting from from um from the inheritance that God has spoken over um, Abraham's life. That's why they are receiving for receiving those things. It's a difference between between receiving things from the from the law under the law, and it's another thing for receiving for receiving uh, certain gifts under the covenant. Because when you are under the law, okay, you only certain amount of things you're going to receive because of the inheritance that you had before we had a covenant. But now that we are, un oh my gosh, now that we have the grace of God, now that we um, have a covenant with Jesus Christ, we are heirs to the throne. Heirs to the throne in, in heaven. There are certain things that we're going to get here on earth and there are certain rewards we're going to get in heaven. So it's not just about what you're going to receive here. It's about what you're going to receive in heaven too. So when God is talking about, okay, how to get in the receiving position, he's, he's getting into the mindset of not we're just worrying about what is happening today while we're having life here on earth, but what are we going to receive in heaven? So in order for us to even to get to that part, we have to accept Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior because we already talked about how one of the gifts that God has given us is salvation, right? So in order to get salvation, we have to accept the one who died on the cross for our sins. 
We have to accept, we have to actually say that we believe it in our heart and then we confess it with our mouth. Because if we don't do that, we won't be saved. We won't be received. The re we, listen, the redemption of our sins was already taken care of. Jesus already paid the price. But we have to answer the call. The word of God says many are called, but few are chosen. Many people hear the call, but they don't answer it. And what does it mean, hear the call? They hear about Jesus Christ. They find out about him, but they deny him. They turn their back. They turn their back on him. They don't believe that he's the Messiah. They don't believe that it's a such thing as a savior. They don't believe in that. They believe that he was a prophet, right? Yes, Jesus was a prophet. He was a teacher. He was an apostle. He was an evangelist. He was all the fivefold. They don't believe that he was the Messiah, the difference. So let's go to Romans chapter 10 and verse 8 through 13, the Amplified Version. And it says, but what does it say? The word is near you in your mouth and in your heart. That is the word, the message, the basis of faith, which we preach. Because if you acknowledge and confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord, recognizing his power, authority, and majesty as God, and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. For with the heart a person believes in Christ as Savior, resulting in his justification, that is being made righteous, being freed of the guilt of sin, and made acceptable to God. And with the mouth he acknowledges and confesses his faith openly, resulting in and confirming his salvation. My God. Because believing huh, lets us know, lets God know that you're in agreement. But confessing tells God that you're not ashamed of the gospel of Jesus Christ. You're not ashamed and you are confessing that thing, that Lord Jesus, I thank you for dying on the cross for my sins. And I'm confessing my mouth that you are my savior. Those two things go hand in hand. And this is the beginning of uh, even going to how we're supposed to, how to activate our faith. We talked about briefly talked about that briefly last week as well as that when we want to activate our faith we have to believe that it's going to happen believe that it's already done and then confess it by speaking words of affirmation say lord i thank you that it's already done lord i thank you that i'm already healed lord i thank you god that i'm that my debt is already canceled so that goes to having that type of faith goes back to salvation and how you had the the first act of faith is saying, I believe that Jesus died for, for the redemption of my sins. And I'm confessing that with my mouth, I'm activating my faith. We can no longer see Jesus physically. So to believe in Jesus, someone that we cannot see. Is an act of faith. Faith is the substance of things hoped for with the evidence of things not seen. We can't see him, but we believe. We, we believe that he saved us. He believed that he died for us. We believe in those things. 
So accept Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior first and foremost. Says for the verse 11 says, For the scripture says, Whoever believes in him, whoever adheres to, trusts in, and relies on him will not be disappointed in his expectations. For there is no distinction between Jew and Gentile. For the same Lord is Lord over all of us, and he is abounding in riches, blessings for all who call on him in faith and prayer. For whoever calls on the name of the Lord in prayer will be saved. Free. When you call on Jesus, say, Lord, what must I do to be saved? And when you call on Jesus, say, Lord, come into my life and be my Lord and Savior. And you repeat the sinner's prayer. Huh, you are saved. Just like that. Just like that. Nothing you can do to earn it. Nothing you can do. You don't deserve it. But because of God's unconditional love, he has given it to us. So that's the first way to get into a position to receive. My God, hallelujah, hallelujah. My God, thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Yes, Laura. Hallelujah. Jesus, Jesus. So number two, surrender everything. So y'all, this... It is a it is a point in your life, and like when I do the highlight series, um, I love asking this question: At what point in your life did you accept Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior? And what is the point in your life when you actually surrendered? Because accepting Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior said, "Lord, I believe," but a surrender is saying, "Lord, I give up everything. I give you control. I give you control." Because there are people who are saved. Lord have mercy. That, listen, I was there. Okay, so I'm not speaking from a place of judgment because I was there and God is still working on me. Every single day, there's nobody who who doesn't need Jesus to help them with their attitude, to help them with their mouth, to help them, you know, to, to stay on the straight and narrow path. Because we are all like two seconds away <laughs> from doing something that would... Knock us off of that narrow path if we don't depend on him. But I accepted Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior when I was 10 years old. The early age of 10. But I can honestly say that I did not surrender my life to Jesus until 2017. At 30 years old. So that a 20 year period right? Accepting him as Lord and Savior, confess, believing it in my heart, confessing my mouth. And then at 30 years old, after I um, dibbled and dabbled, been out there in the streets, drinking, having premarital sex, all of that, living a life of sin in the church, mind you. I'm a PK kid, preacher's kid. So in the church, but it wasn't until I got tired, tired of living that life. And God never took his hands off of me. As much as I tried to run, as much as I tried to run away from the calling that God had on my life, God never took his hand off of me because he knows the plans and thoughts that he has for us. 
He knows his children. He knows that we're going to run amok. He knows there's going to be seasons where we're not going to be trying to do nothing with him. But he knows who's going to come back full circle. And he's going to use all of that. He's going to turn that mess and turn it into a message. And that's what God did for me. And I know he's doing it for you. Or he is going to do that for you. And it was a point in time where I said, God, I'm, I'm done with all of that. God, I surrender it all. Surrender it all means, Lord, I don't care what I got to do. Whatever you're leading me to do, whatever ministry you're telling me to start, whoever it is you're telling me to speak to, whatever job you're telling me to start, um, to go to, what you know, whatever it is I need to do, Father. Whatever I can do to be, to bring glory to your name, because it's not about us. It's not about us. And the gifts that we're going to talk about that in another podcast, but the gifts that God has given us, is not about us. God gives us those gifts to be a blessing to other people. So we have to surrender everything to him. Let's go to Matthew 16, verse 24. In the Amplified Version, and it says, Then Jesus said to his disciples, If anyone wishes to follow me as my disciple, he must deny himself, set aside selfish interests, and take up his cross, expressing a willingness to endure whatever may come, and follow me, believing in me, conforming to my example and living, and if need be, suffering or perhaps dying because of faith in me. Y'all. Let's go back to the fact that he said, in order to be my disciple, to follow me, you got to deny yourself. You got to set aside selfish interests. So it's one thing to, to, to receive salvation. It's another thing to surrender. Because when you surrender, surrender is not a, just a one-time thing. Oh, no. Surrender is not just, okay, Lord, I surrender, and then that's it. No. Surrender says every day that I wake up in moments where, you know, God calls for me to fast, and I'm like, God, I don't want to fast. I want to eat. <laughs> like, let's just be real. I'm a foodie. So I love food. And when I want to eat, I want to eat. I love food. <laughs> like, and so fasting requires me to turn down my plate. Why? Because there is something that God wants me to pray for. It's something that I'm believing God to do. So it requires me to turn away from the things that are pleasing to my flesh. So that God can, so that I can be sensitive to God's voice in that season. Because when you turn away from the, turn your plate down, when you turn away from the things of the, that are pleasing to your flesh, then your spirit man is more sensitive to God's voice and you're able to hear him more clearly. So if you're not surrendered, if God tells you to go on a fast, you're not going to listen. You'd be like, God, what am I fasting for? If God tells you to turn down a job, even though that job, listen, it was going to set you off right. You was going to be making six figures, full benefits package and all the whole nine. You're going to have bonuses. You're going to have a company car and all of that. And God tells you, no, that's not the job that I have for you. Yeah, it's going to look real foolish to, to you know, people that, you know, out, out there in the world. That's where surrendering everything comes in. 
because we may not understand everything. But when we surrender to God and say, Lord, I don't understand it. But I, Lord, I trust you and I have faith in knowing that whatever you lead me to do is for, for my good. It's for my good. My God. Next point. We're talking about how to get into a receiving position. Number three, pray. Pray without seizing. Pray without seizing. What does seize mean? Seize is bring or come to an end. So pray without coming to an end. Pray without ending. So pray continuously. That's what pray pray with without seizing is. Pray continuously. Why? Because our prayer, prayer is our communication with God. So when we pray, we are not only seeking God for just the, you know, the bare necessities, which are, you know, food on our tables, clothes on our back, a roof over our head. We're not just praying for those things. We're praying, God, Lord. Bless the land because as, as you grow in Christ, and listen, every I know everybody's not there, but as you grow in Christ, as, as a babe in Christ, yes, those, those are going to be the things that you're going to be praying for. But as you grow in him, you're going to start getting into to more of the things that God places on your heart. So you're going to be praying for the country. You're going to be praying against the spirit of murder. You're going to be praying that, you know, for the lineage of your family, that um, generational curses be broken. You're going to start praying for things that are more substantial other than the bare necessities of your life. And in order to know what to pray for, you have to pray without season. You have to keep a constant communication with God. And when it comes to receiving and being in a receiving position, how are you going to know what to do? How are you going to know what's next? How are you going to know how to prepare if you don't communicate with God? How are you going to know what how what to write down? How are you going to know the business plan to write? How are you going to know what people to connect with if you don't talk to God on a regular basis? Daily. Let's talk about daily. Every single day. And as you grow in him, it's going to be multiple times a day. And it's not, it's not, doesn't have to always be deep as you have to, you know, get into your prayer closet. Yes, there are moments where you need to be in your prayer closet. However, the fact of the matter that God is omnipresent, it gives us room to talk to him everywhere we go. At your job. You could be talking to him at your desk. Your spirit man talking to him in, uh, within yourself. And God just downloading to your spirit of what to say. You could be downloading to your spirit of who to talk to, who to pray for. They could be at your job. All because of that communication, because of that connection, because of that covenant you have with him. That's the beauty about praying without season, that it doesn't have to be in just, you know, you don't have to always be in a specific space. God is everywhere. So first Thessalonians. First Thessalonians 5 verse 16 through 18. In the Amplified Version, it says, Rejoice always and delight in your faith. Verse 17 says, Be unceasing and persistent. Be persistent in prayer. 
in every situation, no matter what the circumstances, be thankful and continually give thanks to God for this is the will of God for you in Jesus Christ. And God says, be unseasoned, be persistent, don't give up. Even when things look like they're not happening, even after God has uh, placed those, lets you release those promises to you in the earth and lets you know what those promises are. And you may not, it may take a while, may be waiting for years for, for it to um, be revealed. Pray without season and be persistent. Do not give up because God's promises are yes and amen. It is only a matter of time that it will come to pass. So you got to keep believing. You got to hold on. Keep the faith and know that God will come through. God will come through. But we got to do our part. We can't just suspect that because faith without works is dead. So we can't just expect it to just be manifested and we don't put the work in. That we don't take the, do the uh, go through the process of preparing, getting ourselves in the position to receive. Do what's necessary. Which leads to our last point of how to get into how do we get into a position to receive is number four, follow God's directions. We have got to follow God's directions. Okay, we accepted Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior. We did that first step, right? We know who Jesus is, so we accept him as our Lord, meaning that we accept him to be our Lordship, mean to be our ruler, right? We accept him as that. And then number two, we surrender our all. So that means that we, because we surrender, now we're putting ourselves in the position to be obedient. And when we pray without season, seizing, excuse me, pray without season, now we have a constant communication with God. So now we know what his directions are going to be. But now number four, now we got to obey those directions. Because a lot of times we pray without season and God lets us know what to do, but we don't, we're not obedient to what he's leading us to do. We don't follow through. We do things halfway. We pray without season. We say, Lord, show me the way. Lord, reveal it to me. God does his part. And we don't do our part. We don't follow through. We don't follow God's directions. Let's go to Psalms 37. Psalms 37, uh, verse 23 to 24 in, in the Amplified Version. It says, the steps of a good and righteous man are directed and established by the Lord, and he delights in his way and blesses his path. When he falls, he will not be hurled down because the Lord is the one who holds his hand and sustains him. Because the Lord is the one who holds his hand and sustains him. So our steps are ordered by God. So even when when we make a mistake, God is there. Even when we make a wrong turn, God is there. God is there. We got to be obedient. We all fall, fall short of God's glory, but at the same time, we had to recognize that we can't do nothing without him. In those moments and we're hard-headed and we're, we don't want to be like, oh, maybe I'm going to go this route. And we're like, God is like, okay. I'm waiting for them to come back. And the thing is that we only hurting ourselves because then God will cause us to repeat that uh, lesson again. 
because we didn't we didn't uh, learn anything from it. So we have to learn. Make sure God is not going to allow us to move forward until we have learned that lesson. That's for Him being our Father and Him being one of the, uh, a teacher. Teachers, great teachers, are not going to um, promote you. If you are not or have not um, completed all the assignments, if you have not uh, allowed yourself to, to get all the lessons and actually uh, show and prove that you are um, comprehended what was taught. Because when you actually apply what God is teaching you, that's when you say, I can trust you. And a part of that is obedience. God blesses us for being obedient. God blesses us for being obedient. So how do we get into a, a receiving position? Number one, accept Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior. Number two, surrender everything to God. Don't hold back. Give it all to him. Number three, pray without ceasing. Number four, follow God's directions. Follow God's directions. Whatever God is leading you to do in this season, listen. Listen to his voice and obey his commands. Listen to God's voice and obey his commands. I pray that everybody was encouraged and uplifted this evening. I pray that this word truly was a blessing, blessing to you, that it really penetrated your heart, that whatever God is doing, um, doing to you or doing for you in this season, rather, that that you truly take heed, take heed to what God is saying. Take heed to what God is saying because it's only going to be for the betterment of, of your life, of um, your walk with him. So before I end, that wonderful free gift, we're talking about gifts tonight, receiving gifts, that wonderful free gift of salvation that we were talking about is available to you. If you have not, if you have not received Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, salvation is available to you today. Salvation is available to you today. Just as, as I said earlier, in Romans 10, 9 and 10, it said, if you believe in your heart and confess with your mouth that Jesus Christ died on the cross for your sins, you will be saved. So as we were talking about Jesus, if you can honestly say that you believe that he died for you, that no one else can be the Messiah, that no one else could actually love you the way, like him, that nobody else would actually make a the ultimate sacrifice like Jesus did, that because of God's love, you're able to have life and not just here on earth, but eternal life. In order to have eternal life, you have to accept God's only begotten son, Jesus Christ, as your Lord and Savior. So if you're ready to make this decision, to take, to, um, take this act of faith, say this prayer of salvation with me. Say, Lord Jesus, I know that I am a sinner. And I need you, Jesus, in my life. Jesus, I have done a lot of things in my life that 
I know that I deserve punishment for. But Jesus, I thank you for dying on the cross for my sins and allowing me to have grace so that I don't get those punishments that I deserve. So Jesus, I am stepping out by faith right now and saying that I believe in my heart and I confess with my mouth that you died just for me. You were buried and you rose on the third day just so that I can have life eternally. Thank you for shedding your blood. Thank you. Thank you. I ask that you wash me, cleanse me, make me whole so that I so that I can move forward and be under your grace. So thank you, Jesus. I surrender my will to you and I will serve you for the rest of my life. In Jesus' name, I pray. Amen. If you prayed that prayer of salvation, welcome to the body of Christ. Hallelujah. 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 To God be the glory. You are now a new creature. Guess what? Happy birthday. Happy birthday. That person that you was, even just before you said that prayer, you're no longer that person. Why? Because you are a new creature. You are a new creature. That life before now is no longer here. Happy birthday. Welcome into the family of God. Hallelujah. Welcome to the family of God. Last, last call. For those of you that may have, may have had a relationship with Jesus at some point in your life, but you allowed yourself to step away from the things of God and whatever had taken place, you know, it could have happened before the pandemic or even during the pandemic where life just hit you like a ton of bricks and you like, how could God allow this to happen to me? How I did this you know, in his name, I did that in his name and you couldn't fathom how you were faithful in the church. And how all of this happened, you lost your loved ones, you lost your job, and you, you just couldn't understand it. So you took, you stepped out from God's grace and you tried to make things happen for yourself. But now you are at a position where you're like, God, I made a mistake. I realized I can't do nothing without you. And even though those are some things that I don't have in my life anymore. But God, I need you in my life once again because Jesus, I need you back in my life because I need your comfort. I need your love. Only the love of God the Father can get you through those circumstances and get you through those storms. So if you're ready to come back to Jesus and get back under the grace of God, Say this prayer of rededication with me. Say, Lord Jesus, I'm so sorry for turning my back on you. I allowed myself to step from under your grace. And I tried to do this thing on my own, but I failed. So Jesus, I'm putting my pride aside right now. And God, I am admitting that I need you back into my life. Jesus, I ask that you come back into my life and be my Lord and Savior once again. Free me, free me, Father, from all the hurt and the pain. Free me, Father, from all the disappointments. Free me, Jesus, and only you can do it. 
So Jesus, I ask that you cover me once again, that you wash me again, renew my mind again, so that I can have life eternally. I surrender my will to you for real this time. I am not turning back. I thank you, Jesus, for giving me another chance. And Jesus, my prayer. Welcome into the body, back into the body of Christ. Hallelujah. Welcome back. Welcome back. Guess what? God has forgiven you. And now is your time to forgive yourself. Because with everything that you did before now, all of that is washed away. Your sins are forgiven. God has washed it away. He, he doesn't even know about it anymore. That's the beauty of, 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 of repentance. That when we repent and turn away from our sins, he gives us another chance that we are a new creature. So I thank you guys so much, so much for tuning in. And thank you, Jesus, for saving those who are who came to you for the first time and those who rededicated their lives back to you. Do find a church home that if you do not have a church home, I encourage you to find one. I go to the River Church. My pastors are Pastor Charles and Dr. Tracy Lynn Williams. We are located in Yaden, Pennsylvania. If you do not have a church home and you live in other areas, please reach out to me. I'll be able to help you find a church home in some form or fashion. But you need a good shepherd. You need a good shepherd, a good man or woman of God to help guide you. And just speak into your life and be connected to good, um, to have a firm foundation. So that's very important. So I love you guys. Make sure you follow I Am Imperfectly Perfect Incorporated on Facebook. And make sure you follow us on Instagram at I underscore am underscore imperfectly perfect. And also we are available on all podcast platforms on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, and more. So make sure you tune into that. That will be available to you tomorrow. So I love you guys. Again, be encouraged, be uplifted. Everything that God has been doing in your life know, know that it, it will be for the benefits of you, you and for the body of Christ. I love you. Be encouraged, be uplifted. Until next, next time on Perfectly Perfect Live, I will see you guys next week. Have a blessed night.